You are listening to an exclusive on PodHub Network. Your city, your podcast. The delight of this crowd, McClendon marches down the dugout steps with first base. McCutcheon's throw, the runner breaks to the plate, here's the throw, wow. You are listening to the North Shore 9 Podcast. Follow them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Also, make sure to watch NS9 Live every Thursday on Twitch and help support by becoming a patron. Let's go, Bucks! Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Starbucks, the Thursday edition. I am your host, Anthony DiNardo. We do have us, Jim Rosati, as always, except for yesterday. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, no no Wednesday morning, but happy th- happy Thursday, happy New Year's Eve, the last day of 2020, something to truly celebrate right now. But Jim, how you doing, my man? Ah, doing good, doing good. New Year's Eve, um, yeah, let's get this year over with, right? <laughs> get it out of here. <laughs> I can't imagine it can get worse than this. So, I mean, I'm sure it can because you know the moment you say that, something worse That's, always happens, right? Right. So right. don't jinx us, yeah. Jim. You're right. You know what it is? I forgot all about this, and I'm not claiming this. I saw this on Twitter, but you remember last year, all you saw like this this entire day was if you start Avengers Endgame at this amount of time, you'll see Thanos snap his fingers at midnight. What did that get us? What did that get us? I blame this all on that tweet. I blame this all on Avengers Endgame. I mean, that's a that's an interesting prediction. You know, because, you know, no other New Year did we have that. No. Nope. It, nope. it could all be that that could be the reason for everything. I think it is. So don't do that ish this year, guys. Because I'm already seeing the tweets out again. Don't do it. No Avengers Endgame. No Thanos snapping his fingers. You saw what happened. So, yeah, here we are. 2021 is about to come. Or maybe do you have to do it again this year to, like, reverse the the, oh, you know, the hex? Damn it, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> do you need to snap snap the fingers to bring it in and snap the fingers to bring it out? Well, well let's think. Who really saved us? Us. Who really saved everyone in Endgame? It was Iron Man, wasn't it? I guess. God, I feel like, you know, everyone talked about that for so much, and now it's been so long since I've seen it, I kind of forget. It was Iron Man, right? So maybe, do we have to watch Iron Man this year or something? Maybe you watch Iron Man at the end. Yeah, and there maybe there's some moment in Iron Man that you can try to sync up with Midnight. That would seem logical. Yeah. So maybe it's Iron Man. So everyone go mm-hmm. ahead and watch Iron Man. I don't know at what point in time you need to see it at. I don't know what Iron Man has to do. Um, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't sink, sink us into a deeper level in 2021. But I think maybe you're on to something, Jim. Yeah, I think I mean, something needs to be – yeah, something needs to be done to reverse all of this. Okay. So what doesn't need to be done to reverse all this is buying – Six packs of Pokemon cards. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> or did that also reverse the curse? Yeah, maybe that reversed the curse too. 
Jim, all right. I know we talked a little bit about your baseball cards. You're getting me into baseball cards. Although I love watching you know, your streams. You ripping up packs, seeing the different stuff you have. But yesterday you decided to not – no, not buy – not by grown men on baseball cards. You bought some cartoons for $150 worth, you said, as he tweeted out. Yeah. All the yeah. poor kids who didn't get them on Christmas Day, right? They're so disappointed. They heard they're at their local Walmart. They rushed out there to get them, and they saw the big old grumpy man with his dirty-faced uh, beard, as Bucko like Mike likes to say and point out, right? They saw that old man walking by with them, and they cried to their moms. That's exactly what happened. But what did that get you? Yeah, I got apparently a bunch of <laughs> a, a, a bunch of Charizard cards. Apparently, so yeah, um, I don't know why they're worth so much money, <laughs> but apparently they're all they're like rare and people want them, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, but yeah, I just decided to open them all last night, and it worked out pretty well. You got me. I mean, I'm making fun of you here. I'm making fun of you. And I want to run out and buy as many as many Pokemon cards as I can right now. Because when I saw you open that, I knew nothing of them, of course. But friend of the show, Cody Coleman, right? You can check him out too on uh, his podcast here, Back to the Berg. But Cody Coleman apparently knows everything to know about Pokemon cards, also. So I got to yeah, make fun of was... him a little bit behind the scenes now. I was like, without him, I would have been lost. I had no idea what I was doing. And he was kind of showing me the way. And my, oh my, I watched the first part of your stream. And it was it was enjoyable because, I mean, I think the funny part was no one knew what they were like seeing or watching. Right? When everyone, right. everyone watches you open up baseball cards, like, oh, that's Fernando Tatis Jr. That's awesome. Right? Mm-hmm. You're opening these cards and you're like, uh, this is um, uh, Chara, Chara's uh, Zoy. <laughs> <laughs> it looks shiny <laughs> your, <laughs> your keyword last night um, and yeah. cody's up there like oh that's 58 dollars. oh that's a thousand dollars oh that no that's only like two dollars i'm like what the hell like in a minute you like yeah. in a minute's time i felt like you you earned your money back from the boxes and then you earned some more and now i feel foolish that i'm making fun of you and you're out there hitting jackpots yeah i don't know what to say i mean <laughs> I, I was I was looking for baseball cards at Walmart and they didn't have any and so I saw the Pokemon cards and I was like yeah screw it let's buy them all. <laughs> well now you got plenty of money to buy some <laughs> some baseball cards, <laughs> right? Or maybe more Pokemon cards. Who knows? I have no idea. <laughs> Sounds it. That's what I'm gonna do here. But all right, so enough of that because I'm jealous mainly. But enough of that. Um, let's move on into what we were supposed to talk yesterday before we both slept in the, uh, I guess we can go ahead and and discuss and dive into some Josh Bell first. I know I saved a little bit of Padres information because I know how much you love the Padres too, Jim. Um, so I saved that a little bit. I think there's something we can use in regards to the Pirates. Of course, it's been that too, but did you want to talk Bell first? Did you want to talk your beloved Pirates or Padres? Let's talk about Bell first. Okay. Yeah, I, mean, I I know you you and Tyler had your emergency podcast. Um, you know, so you all you all kind of discussed it a little bit. But uh, I was I was shocked. I mean, first off, it was like the Christmas Eve news dump. I don't know what was happening there. Like it was it was like two o'clock on Christmas Eve. Trade trade hit. <laughs> um, 
But like, I was, I was like, I, I was not expecting Josh Bell to get traded this off season. I, no. I did not think it was going to happen. Um, I felt like his value was too low, um, and that he was better suited to stay on the team. I don't know if it if it had more to do with the offer was better than maybe Charrington expected they get from him for him. Um, or maybe this was, you know, something from higher up and they were like, Hey, we need to trim payroll even more. I, I, I don't know why you would need to trim payroll even more from, <laughs> from where it is right now, but I, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, our payroll's dangerously low right now. It's, it's, we'll it's go really, feeling dangerously low. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was surprised. Um, and, and here's the thing, like the trade itself is not, it, it's very underwhelming. It's an underwhelming trade. It's not something that's like exciting by any means. The guys, the pirates got back are fine. You know, I mean, Will Crow isn't really a prospect anymore. He's technically one, but he's 26 years old. He's probably going to be a back end of this rotation guy for a bad team or a reliever. Like that's, that's what he's going to be. Um, but guess what? We're a bad team. So he's probably, <laughs> he's probably going to slate into that fourth or fifth starter role for us. Um, Eddie Yeen is a little bit more um, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, younger guy, um, very projectable. Um, excellent stuff you know apparently at at his young age throwing high 90s already at age 19 right so i think that's you know that's someone to to kind of get a little bit more more excited about he kind of reminds me maybe of um you know uh, maybe maybe like a little shorter version of tanaj thomas Mm. you know from Mm. a stuff standpoint um but you know someone that the pirates got young um didn't really have a ton of experience pitching here in, um, you know, stateside. Um, so I, I think um, I, I like that acquisition. Again, it's young arm, lively arm. Who knows? The, they said the one, the one problem the Pirates have had in the past is developing, you know, international pitchers. You know, it's something that they really have struggled with. Um, and, and they have two in their system right now that, you know, look pretty promising, um, right? With that, right. with that addition of with that addition of Yin. Um, I do want to touch on just Josh Bell in general, though. Too, I mean, the reason why the a Josh Bell trade, which ultimately was going to happen at some point, I'm just surprised happened early. Um, that ultimately was going to be underwhelming for Pirates fans, and and understandably, right. You know, there, at, at, it didn't matter what, like we, we weren't going to get back what we hope and like want Josh Bell to, to be able to get back. And the reason is because like, I mean, Josh Bell, he's been a major part of this. I mean, really, he was drafted in 2011, 2012. I mean, he's been in the organization for eight, eight years, right? So we, you know, we know a lot about Josh Bell. Like we, we know we, we, when he was drafted, you know, he was, he was the guy who sent the letter to all the major league teams saying, don't draft me, don't draft me. The Pirates drafted him and signed him. 
um, with a huge with a huge bonus. Um, made his way through the minors, kind of, you know, was always you know showing the tools that he could hit and play, but it, it he didn't really always put it together in the minor league, especially mm-hmm. in the higher levels. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got to the majors. You know, he, he he busts into the major leagues with that grand slam against the Cubs. <laughs> and I think, like, it, right right at that point, people just, like, this guy's awesome. Like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, and, and, and he became, like, an instant fan favorite. He, he had an excellent personality. He, he seems like he's a great guy, like someone who's super easy to root for. Um, and, and so that's kind of what makes the whole deal – you know, a little like you're, I mean, you're sad. He was a he was a part of this organization for for so long, and and he he accomplished some some good things with us. I mean, he that first half of twenty of twenty nineteen. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a first half like that before out of a pirate. Um, right. You know I mean, you could hardly we, say anybody. You know. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. what he was doing in nineteen. Right. I mean, you were there were all these co- comparisons and like no pirates ever done this since Willie Sargel. Like when like half of the things he was doing, so right. and he he had an uh, unbelievable first half of 2019, and um, the unfortunate part is that was the outlier. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, it, it, we remember that first half as in okay, well this is this is what he can do, but when you kind of look at the overall body of work, that's not what he did. He did that for a first half of 2019 and that was it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why this trade seems underwhelming because we look at this guy who, Hey, he was on pace for 150 RBIs and 60 home runs in 2019. Um, and we traded him for two, two pitchers who no one's ever heard of. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it sucks in that regard. I, 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 I want to see him succeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think you make a good point too. Like putting in that perspective, you know, he was the big time prospect. He, he, he came up, and you know, what a moment to make your entrance into the Pirates <laughs> uh, amongst fans and such. But I, I think you're right. It's like we've always knew it was there. Like you know, Josh Bell is going to be a good player. You're wanting, you're pulling for it, and then you saw it in '19. And of course, the counting numbers make 2019 look very good. And I'm not here. I hate to do this because I feel like I, you know, we're coming out like have to bash the man. And by no means do I want to bash it. Just I, I want to put perspective on it, you know. And I think the same with you. And what we're trying to do here, we're not trying to bash Josh Bell and say, "Oh, this is a good trade because he was bad. He was terrible." But when you look at his body of work, like you're saying, it really is the first half of 2019. It was always potential. It was always you're seeing spurts of it, but then he has his long drawn out you know, month or so where he just can't do anything. You know, he can't hit nothing. He's, he's up there as Tyler loves to call him, uh, twinkle toes, I think. Um, yeah. you know, but like always like you, you're always waiting for the potential. And then in 19, you saw it. So I think pirate fans, like you're saying are more or less like it's here and well, it's 2020. It's a weird year. Wipe it out. Like this is Josh Bell of 19. But when you really look at the numbers, Josh Bell of 19 wasn't even, Josh Bell of 19. Josh Bell was a Jekyll and Hyde of that year. Um, and it was just like you were saying, that first half that you saw was just so, so, so great that when he once again became a very average player 
it still makes his year look very, very productive and good. Um, but the reality is, 2020 did come. You could arguably say he was the worst pirate. And there was a guy named Miguel DePozo on the team. But, you know, you could argue, I'm not saying he was, but you could argue the point that he was the worst player. You could argue the point he was one of the top 10 worst players in baseball, period. So that is a concern. And that's why I say once again, like how you as a Pirate fan feel about Josh Bell, which is a lot of potential. You knew something was there and now you finally saw it partly in 19. You as a Nationals fan, you're right, or a Nationals GM, what do you really want to give up for? Well, I know there's something in there. We got to unlock it. Like if you have to unlock something to make him a good player, are you willing to give up premium stuff to get that? Because that's a risk. And if you're a team that's, it's a good team like, like the Pirates, right? You are a good team, so you want production. You want stuff that is there. Are you willing to say, you know, here's our top prospect for that? Especially a corner infielder? If he's even that. <laughs> and then, then that kind of goes, right. goes into this whole thing. Like, if the National League's not going to adopt a designated hitter, Josh Bell's not that big of a help to your team like i'm sorry it, even even in 2019 when he had the numbers that he did and, and like i said don't get me wrong the first half carried him and he, he did struggle in the second half but overall the numbers were good you know 135 weighted runs created plus all right so 35 percent better than your average hitter mm-hmm. but when you look at the defense he basically took away almost all the offense he provided on the defensive end. And and I think he's one of the guys that you could say, okay, you know, the, the metrics kind of agree with the eye test. You know, no one, no one's watching Josh Bell at first base <laughs> and thinking he's, he's good at that position. Right. Um, he, he's someone who he, he's, he needs to be a DH, honestly. Like he just straight up needs to be a designated hitter. I am a little surprised that the Nationals were the team to apparently, you know, offer offer the best deal for Josh Bell because I feel like he would be much more valuable on an American League team. But uh, yeah, here we are. I, I I like the guy. I hope he can hit. At the end of the day, he wasn't going to be a contributor to the next winning Pirates team, mm-hmm. so this was inevitable. I get people being a little upset with the return. Right. But I think if you just look at the overall body of work of what Josh Bell has done, you can't, you can't say that this trade isn't fair. I mean, this, this, this is a more than fair value trade for Josh Bell, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And and I think it's good. We're talking about it again. We've had, we've had to give, you know, some time, let the dust settle. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler and I did go on rather quickly. We wanted to get something out there. You know, we did look over the trade. It wasn't just immediate reaction. But what I'll say is the direction of the show, um, as, especially like me listening back to it, and I know Ryan even said it too. I feel like we left Gene out of it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> we talked a lot about Crow, and I know like the trade, the trade wasn't for Crow by any means. It was for Gene. Like Gene is the prospect you want out of this. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I just I feel kind of dumbfounded. Like why Crow? Probably could have just got somebody else. Yeen is the guy, and like everything you said is true. You know, he does have – he is young. He's got a lot of stuff. There's there's some promise in there, but we'll have to see. Um, but you are right. And, and still, like I said, like, the trade is fair. 
you know, when you, you evaluate the trade, the type of prospects you're getting, the type of stuff in return you're getting, I just, again, like wish instead of Crow, a lesser prospect that has some upside to him is what I would have rather have seen is what I was getting at then. But uh, yeah, Yin, I mean, just even like, you, like just a Yin for Josh Bell isn't a bad, a bad trade, you know, no, what, what no. You, like we said about Josh Bell, what is he really giving? He's a corner infielder. Um, <clears throat> something I put together here as well. Just to kind of look again, like what Josh Bell has done. Uh, I'm not saying these are comps. Like this is Josh Bell. Some are a little bit older. Some are about the same age. Um, there's a little bit of differences in some, but for the most part, they're about the same product production. Um, put them here up on the screen. They have their stats, but some guys that were very similar numbers to Josh Bell over the last four years. When Josh Bell, well, we'll take out his first his first year because they're. 150, just right under the the, uh, the rookie of the year numbers, right? He's very sparingly. I took out that first year. So his first full season in the big leagues. So the past four years, we look at Josh Bell's numbers, the value he's provided. Some guys are very similar to that. Justin Bohr, Eric Thames, Thames, <laughs> uh, Trey Mancini, and Justin Smoke. Part of the reason I want to do this is, I mean, again, like the, the, the very similar type of numbers. For the most part, they, they're first baseman. They walk a good amount. They don't strike out a ton. You know, the power is still, you know, ish there. They're not the best defenders for the most part. But, like, when you look at them, and I'm mentioning these names, right, the names of Justin Bohr, Eric Thames, Trey Mancini, and Justin Smoke. Do any of those names stand out to you, Jim? Um, I mean, I, I think Trey Mancini is, is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's probably the best player on the Orioles. Uh, it <laughs> doesn't say a ton. Right. Um, it's like saying, but, you know, whoever, <laughs> yeah, the best but, player on um, the Pirates right now. No, I think, I think I said, not all of them are, we're different. I mean, we're looking at people who are of different ages and things like that. Um, but I think what you're going with this is, you know, two of them, two of them aren't even going to be in Major League Baseball next year. That is true. And it's funny you say, yeah. like, where I'm going with this. This was done before mm-hmm. this, you know, those deals yeah. even happened. I actually did this, right. like, the day after, or two days after the trade was done or whatever. Um, but it's funny how I did create this. And then, as you mentioned, yes, Eric Thames just signed a $1.2 million deal for Japan yesterday. And I think Justin Smoke signed a $6 million deal two days before to go overseas. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is kind of showing, like, I know they're older than Josh Bell, so I get it. It's, it's not the same sense in that sense. But this is the production they provided, and MLB is looking at this production of those players and saying, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Major League Baseball basically passed on them. <laughs> right. And And – Josh Bell was 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 traded for a pretty high upside pitch, upside young pitcher and someone who's going to play on a bad team. So, right. Yep. Said, and, yeah, it'll it, it's interesting. I said I I think there's still something left in Josh Bell offensively. Like I don't think he's. I think he can be fixed. Um. Defensively, I think he's he cannot be fixed. Like I think he's done defensively as a as a baseball player. If you try if you trot him out there, you are just 
asking for runs to be given up. Um, but I, I think he can still hit. He's 28, so he still has you know some his prime ahead of him. I think I think he can he can figure it out at the plate again. Right. Well, you're hitting on the head. Like that's the thing there. That's why you got that return for Josh Bell. That's why Josh Bell brings a return even is because there is a lot – there's belief that there is still something there. So I'm not going to give up premium prospects for it, but I'll give up a Yeen and a Crow to take my chances on Josh Bell because, again, like what Josh Bell has given you is essentially this. you know. And, and like think about this. Justin Bohr, although a little bit older, I mean he would have been 30 at the time he was traded, but Justin Bohr is traded from the Marlins – to the Phillies with two years of arbitration left remaining, like much like Josh Bell. He was traded for essentially nothing. They got a non-top 30 prospect for it. They got money in the return for the Marlins. And that was Justin Bohr who was having a productive season at the time for the Marlins and was coming off of a year where he had a productive season. And like they got nothing for him. And you look at you know Justin Bohr, albeit many less plate appearances, but that's fine. Let's look at the numbers. His walk rate, 12.3. Josh Bell's 11.9. His strikeout rate, 23. Josh Bell's 19. Right, batted 248, on base 341, slugged 456, 112, weighted runs created plus. He had basically the same war in almost half the plate appearances, right? 3.6 war, Josh Bell 3.5, because his, his defense was bad too, but <laughs> much better than Josh Bell's. That speaks volumes too, because Boar was a terrible defender. But it's like when you look at these guys, like Eric Thames, Thames is also a good example. It's like not the greatest defender, but he had a bat. This is what you're getting. you know. And these guys aren't getting you anything. So the reason you're even getting a deal for Josh Bell is because there's potential there. People still believe in it. If Josh Bell breaks out and is a, you know, a good hitter once again this year, I'm not going to be shocked. But I'm not going to go back in this trade and say, oh, the Pirates did it again. I mean, this, this is the value Josh is bringing you. Because he very well could go there and not as well, you know. But the thing is, even if it does become a good hitter, is is the defense going to offset it as well? We'll find out. Yeah. Again, and and honestly, I'm I'm trying to even think. Like I said, the, the value on this is. Like I said, I, I want I I I don't want to get people excited. Like it's not it's not a great trade, but it's a very fair trade, and looking at it. What I thought they were going to do was I thought they were going to hold on to Bell, play him this year, see what happens, so hopefully build some value back up. But had they done that and say he you know started hitting, and then at the deadline you maybe flip him, you know he he's got one less year of control then at that point. And I don't know if he brings you much more than what they got. Yeah, like as far as you know, I mean we we've seen. We've like you, you just mentioned what these guys have have gotten in returns. You know, if Josh Bell puts up these type of numbers, you know that he has during his career, and instead of you know last year's numbers where he was one of the worst players in baseball, yeah, there's probably a team that will trade for him. But are they going to give you a top ten prospect for him? I don't know. I don't know if the answer to that is yes. You Darvish just got traded to the San Diego Padres, and they didn't get any top ten prospects. Like, well, they—I mean, they did, but they got one. <laughs> like, we, like we won't it, go there. <laughs> so it's so it's like, you know, how much your team's going to give up for someone for you know a year and two months of Josh Bell? And again, at a corner position, like let's yeah. even look back. Like Nick Castellanos mm-hmm. having an amazing year 
with Detroit? What did he get traded for? You know, when J.D. Martino was having an amazing year, what did he get traded for? You know, nothing. Nothing. You know, because they're corner guys. They can hit bad defense. You know, yeah, they're tradable. They'll help a team, but teams aren't willing to give up prospects for those type of people. You can find them anywhere. That's how, you know, many viewed. And and you know, guys much like Eric Thames and Justin Smoke going overseas because they can't even find jobs because there's so many plentiful op, you know, options you can use for corner guys and such. So, yeah, I, again, it's it's just unfortunate. Like, this is what Josh Bell is, and that's why it's a fair trade. It's a very meh trade. But, again, it speaks more to what Josh Bell has produced more than anything at this point. Um, so, all right. Did you get Josh Bell out of your system? Yeah, I think we did. I think we did. All right. So, your Padres, Jim. Your Slam Diego Padres. Slam man. Diego oh, Padres. Oh, man. AJ Preller just taking the league by storm. What are your thoughts? You got the floor, Jim. Well, I think they clearly... They're, 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 I mean, they're going for the Dodgers. Like they, they, they realize, Hey, you know what? We are in the same division as this just super mega team. We are now in a position that, you know, we have these uber talented individuals on our team and, and they do. I mean, they've got some of the most exciting people in baseball, most talented people in baseball already. And they're just saying, let's go for it. And, uh, and the and they're 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 being so they're they're executing at an unbelievable um, level. You know they're they're acquiring yeah. these guys. They're acquiring these premier elite talented guys from other teams, and they're really not, not having to give up anything. <laughs> I mean they're I mean they're, they're giving up. I mean don't get me wrong. They're giving up prospects, and they're they're good prospects. The Padres farm system is just absolutely loaded. So think when the Padres were giving up their number seven prospect, you know, most that's, that's going to be like a number two or three on most teams. Mm -hmm. Um, But like they, they're so they, and and I mentioned this in our group chat, like I haven't seen a total organizational rebuild like the Padres have done. That was just executed so perfectly. Um, You know, maybe, you know, the Astros had like a, a really successful rebuild, um, earlier on um, this decade, but the Padres, you got it. You got to give it to them. Like they, they rebuilt this team, and they, they have hit on every move. You know, I mean, just just being Basically, able to yeah. just, yeah, just being able to acquire and just pour talent into their organization, both from a minor league level, right? They're 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 pouring people into their minor leagues that are eventually coming up to the majors, but on a major league level too. I mean, they they are bringing in elite major league players that are, that are like just absolute game changers. Um, you just look in the last five months, right? Last five months they've acquired just on their pitching staff, Clevenger, who, who unfortunately is going to be out all next year. Right. But they basically, they acquired Clevenger for, I think they gave up one top 10 prospect for Clevenger. Um, yeah. Actually, Theoretically, I don't think he was technically deemed the prospect like, at the time, right? Quantrill. Yeah, it was Quant- Quantrill. Yeah, so he was he had already graduated. So 
no top 10 prospects for Clevenger. <laughs> you do deal, you know, a talented young arm, but you're getting back Mike Clevenger. So right. Like, right. But also, I mean, what cares? it does is it shows, <laughs> even though he's major league at the mm-hmm. time and not technically a prospect, he was expendable. Yeah. Like, that's the trade-off. All right, so we lose him, and here's Clevenger. <laughs> right. So, and then they lose Clevenger, right, to injury. And so they're like, okay, well, let's just replace him with Blake Snell. <laughs> That's all. Who, who is a Cy Young winner, like, and is a really, really good pitcher. Um, and then the but next wait, day. There's more. <laughs> was it the next day or was it two days? It was. Uh... It was the, I think it was the next day. Yeah. No, it was the same day. Okay. Yeah, it was crazy. it was that night. It actually I mean not officially, yeah. but like it happened that night. Then they're like, Oh, let's go get you Darvish <laughs> who probably could have won a Cy Young last year. Um so they just I mean they just added two legit aces. And I'm not talking like they didn't add two top of the rotation guys. They added two aces in a day, um, for and they gave up one. They gave up one top ten prospect. Luis giving up Luis Luis Patino is you know definitely um, you know talent going out of the organization. But they they've done such a good job of just stockpiling talent at all levels that they can afford to do this. Snell has a very, I mean, Snell still has some years left on his deal. Um, so these Very guys aren't, aren't rent, yeah, these guys aren't rentals. Like these are people who are going to help them this year and next year when Mike Clevenger's back. So, um, that's the scariest yeah, part about this. Like, <laughs> like that, think of 2022, they're going to have Clevenger, Darvish, Snell, Paddock, Lamette, and Gore is still like just chilling there. Triple A is the best pitcher in minor league baseball. How like, bad do you feel for Mackenzie Gore? I mean, honestly, like you have to feel bad for him at this point, don't you? How can you be such a talent looked at as, you know, possibly the best pitcher in baseball? You know, you're just flaunting your stuff. You're coming in with the Connor McGregor walk. You're just strutting through the clubhouse. Like, I'm the big dog. I'm going to be big dog in San Diego. And now you're like, wait a minute. There might be five guys better than me on this club right now. Like, how am I fighting for a spot? This is supposed to be yeah. mine. I got this is mine to take. You got to tell me I got to fight. Like, this is crazy, and that's not just for this year. Like, like you mentioned, this could be next year as well. Are we mm-hmm. not going to see you know Gore till twenty twenty three? Yeah, it's nuts. Um, I mean, with the way the pitchers go down, I mean, we'll see Gore in twenty twenty one. I don't really, <laughs> but have right? I mean, it's. There. But probably not it's, opening day. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, like it's one of those things. Like, you look at the, the staff, and yeah, is Mackenzie Gore even in the rotation? Like, <laughs> I don't even know. Think like, you're the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, you have Mackenzie Gore. You're thinking yeah. ace, ace, ace. We got our ace. We got our ace. You're hoping opening day comes out, and he's going to yeah. be you know, like our number two pitcher by next year. He's he's our next Garrett Cole. You know, we're going to ride with you know Mackenzie Gore. But now you're the Pirates, and you're like, eh, hey, it's Mackenzie Gore. Eh. Maybe yeah. he'll make the club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, like, they just they have just loaded up on talent. You're hoping, Pitching. you know, if we if the Pirates get and draft Rocker, you're hoping Rocker becomes a Mackenzie Gore. 
Oh yeah, you know, like that would be a and, great. And thing. that's yeah. what Mackenzie Gore fits in in the Padres system right now. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's like they they've done that, and then on the offensive level, they they've done a couple of things. One is, and I think really what they've done is, and, and we talk we talk about the Pirates here. You know, and they they have a total lack of organizational depth at the catcher position. Hmm. The Padres are just absolutely loaded. The Padres probably have four catchers on their on their team that that could start Major League Baseball, and they've been able to utilize those to um, to land some of these guys without having to give up top prospects. Um, you know, because you know, with Mejia going to Tampa Bay and that deal, you know, that's that's someone where you know Mejia probably starts on most teams. <laughs> Um, but he's like third or fourth on the depth chart in, in San Diego. Uh, so, so having, you know, and, and teams are always looking for catchers. So having catching depth that you can trade has helped them, you know, hold on to these really high upside upside guys in their organization. They haven't had to deal with their top prospects because of the depth that they had at that position. Um, so I, you know, that's, that's kind of been an interesting thing that I've, I've noticed that they've done. Um, and then they just acquired what Caratini was in the Darvish deal too, right? Yep. His personal character. Yeah. So Caratini comes over, you know, he'll, he'll probably, he'll be the backup, um, to Nola, I would assume next year. And then they still have Compasano just sitting there. (laughs) So it's yeah. Like, (laughs) that's what, like, again, like I, Everything you said is absolutely true. I mean, they've hit so mm-hmm. much, but like what just boggles my mind is yes, they've given up a lot of farm, right? They've given up prospects, a lot of prospect capital per se, but mm-hmm. it's like none of the elite, none of the game changers. Patino was one with the Snell deal. Like that one, that's a, that's a good prospect. Like, like in no deal did you really look at it and say, oh, that one stung. Right, the Snell one would really be yeah, the only yeah. one because that's. I mean, Patino's a really good pitcher as well. Trammell, prospect wise, he was ranked up there with the Nola one, but yeah, I know you really talked about him last. Uh, I keep saying year; it was like four months ago, but you know, last year. Right, this, right. But he was a very risky prospect, so it's like eh, that one doesn't really sting. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a good team as it is. You know, like they've given up a lot of players, a lot of people. But none really stung. I mean, to go through this entire phase where, like you mentioned, you've got all those aces and you still have a Gore, you still have an Abrams, you still have Campisano. Like, that is what amazes me. Because if you can get those people for the prospects you gave up, then even if even if Abrams is in your plan, what the hell kind of – who are you giving Abrams for then? I mean, are you trading Abrams for – you know, Mike Trout, is that what he brings in? Because you've right. got all these yeah. other guys and you have to touch those players. So, man. Yeah, I mean, you got to think that Abrams eventually is a trade ship. Um, I mean, unless, unless you know, he moves or maybe eventually Tatis moves a second. I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Tatis is going anywhere for, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, Abrams, Abrams could probably move. He's young enough. He's, he's versatile. But yeah, it's 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 just insane, just what they've been able to accomplish this past year 
and really it all started with um really it was last off season mm-hmm. right so last off season they did deal another major you know that when they traded traded Xavier Edwards slapstick prospect right for <laughs> for Tommy Pham which is funny now because now Snell is on this he's back on the same team with him um, right San Diego so, so so you got Xavier Edwards went over so that was a legit prospect. Um, for fam, but you bring over Tommy Fam, who is one of the best on base guys in, in baseball. When you know it, it, when you have the amount of have the bats that San Diego have, you get you get people on base and they're going to score. So it's just an incredibly it, it was just it's an incredible rebuild job that San Diego's done um, to construct this roster. And you just look at it really top to bottom at this point. You got Manny Machado at third base, who, you know, maybe maybe a future Hall of Famer, you know, Manny Machado. And I think know, people still forget how young he work. is, just because yeah. he was up here so you know so young. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. I mean, he's the same age as Jamison Tyone. They were drafted back to back, right? Like he's still got I mean, years he, of yep. good baseball ahead of him, likely. Yeah. So you, you know, you've got Machado, you got Tatis, you have the the. You know, Cronenworth, who amazing rookie year just came out of nowhere. Um, and now he's like looking I, at an odd man out. <laughs> yeah. Does he even he's play next slide year? to the outfield likely? Because another thing that we didn't mention is that on top of, on top of this, they sign the number one guy, the number one international guy, yeah. Ha Sung Kim, right? Yep. <clears throat> Shortstop out of the KBO. They signed him to a four year, $25 million deal. Um, yeah, so he's got to, I mean, does he get slated in as a, as their regular second baseman? It, it sounds like, maybe. yeah, what they're going for you is know. he'll be second in. Cronworth will be left field taking over where Profar was, which by the way, they had yeah. Profar last year, had a really good season. And now the rookie of the year, you know, mm-hmm. candidate's going to be out there instead, which like this offense was already packing a punt last year. And it very well could be even better this year. <laughs> yeah, so just absolutely crazy. I mean, that what they've been able to do. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that works. I, I, you know, I mean, it took Jung Ho Gong a little bit of time to kind of adjust here. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you know he'll be like the opening day starting second baseman for the Padres, but um, I'm sure we'll see him at some point in a large role next year if if he adapts well um but yeah it's just what they've been able to do and then and then the outfield is still stacked i mean will and uh, you had um gosh I'm, I'm i'm trying to what's the oh hosmer finally learned how to hit the ball in the air so like if if you got if you got eric hosmer hitting home runs now you got tatis just being otherworldly you have Machado, who is a premier talent. They're, they're Austin Nola now over there too, who loves to hit the ball. Yeah, they're they're not um, they're not far off from the Dodgers. I mean, even the the pitching alone may have caught them up, honestly. Yeah, that's the debate. I know a lot of people were saying, yeah. like you know, it's still not as good as the Dodgers. Um, it's arguable now. You know, like last year, mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of mentioned on my show, like they were a fun story, right? But I don't think they were super legit. Clevenger made them legit. Now, you know, with the moves they made this year, I think it's an argument. I, I, 
let's play it out. You know, that's how we're going to find out. You can argue it all day right now on paper. I, I think you can yeah. support both sides. You can easily say the Dodgers are better, and I think you can say the, the Padres, you know, potentially got better. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch because the Dodgers are a hell of a team. So to say maybe uh-huh. San Diego caught up to them and there's a battle there, that's going to be fun to see. Um, because to be honest, Jim, there's not going to be many fun games in the NL Central this year. Yeah, what are they doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> They're getting very, very bad. Um, we don't have a whole okay. lot of time here, I know. But yeah, I mean, yeah. spin this to the Pirates, right? Like, let's look at them. I mean, this would be like the the fantastic rebuild the Pirates, you know, could accomplish here. Um, they don't have the stars that, you know, like the Padres had in their farm. But the the Pirates are going to rebuild. Let's talk about a little bit here. And I'm going to blame someone for this, too. Uh, Kevin, right, gone posting on Twitter. Just blew my mind because he put out, and his poll was out there, I think, a few months ago. And he redid it yesterday or two days ago. More or less saying, when the, are the Pirates going to be able to compete again? Right, it's going to be 2021, 2022, 23, or 24 later, right? And it really had me thinking because, Jim, when you look at the landscape of the NL Central right now, everybody's rebuilding. I mean, no one's calling it out as a rebuild, but everyone's mm-hmm. rebuilding at this point in time. Literally every team. So if every team is doing this yeah. now when the Pirates are, I can look at it and say, well, all the teams are bad. So it's the, there's the potential the Pirates could escalate their – you know, they're the first to rebuild. Maybe theirs gets escalated with all the bad teams at NL Central. They become not so much better, but like by default better, and they can make the playoffs quicker. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, Jim, at the same time, if all these teams are doing this, are the Pirates going to find themselves in a situation where the NL Central is super strong and a super elite division once again, kind of like when it was back in the day, right? When the Pirates are good and you had the Reds there, you had the Cardinals there, you had the Brewers there for a little bit. The Cubs started coming up then. Like, is this going to be a very, very elite division once the Pirates are good again and now all Pirate fans can just be sad and cry again? <laughs> like, why does this have to happen to us, right? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I think looking at the rest of the – like, you did kind of bring up a point. The Pirates got kind of a head start to the rebuild process. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at, you know, top-to-bottom organization wise across the really the division the pirates probably have stockpiled the most talent in the minor leagues out of anyone else um you know the other farm systems in the division really aren't that great um no top 10 prospects in the nl central right no there's one top 20 and that's Dylan Carlson, who already graduated. Um, no, that brings up a good point. I think I think a team like the Cardinals, you're are never really going to go into a full on rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, so so the Cardinals are never going to just give up their major league team, right? Um, we've seen the Cubs do it before, and it worked for them. So I don't know if they're maybe going to try that approach again, which means, you know, we could see three to four years of the Cubs just absolutely going back to being garbage. Um, <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah, we've seen the Reds do it. Um, but even kind of to like a half extent, we've never seen the Reds do like a full out rebuild. They right. always kind of have this like 
half in, half out approach. Milwaukee, we've seen kind of do it, do it, um, and they've they've been successful at it. So they've they've shown that they can do it. Um, but again, these teams they're not they're, they're they're not in the same position as the Pirates as far as the amount of talent that they've been able to bring into the organization up to this point. Um, yes, I don't. It, it'll be interesting. It's a good question. I never really thought of it that way. Does maybe the NL Central not being good for the next three years or so mean that when this talent that the Pirates do have reaches the majors, they can they can succeed a little bit quicker? I mean, it's a it's a point that makes sense. I don't think I don't think the Pirates are going to have the talent to do anything in twenty twenty one or no. twenty twenty two. Right. So I think you're looking at 2023 as like that earliest possible year. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at, if I'm looking at this from like Huntington's rebuild, right. I feel like 2023 could be like the Pirates 2012. Yes. Where like they kind of, you know, they, they looked like they were going to finally get over the hump and then they just kind of crashed at the end. Right. If the NL central isn't that good in 2023, does the crash not happen? They could get I don't in. Know. That's I'm kind you of thinking. Yeah, that, that's so, a very good possibility. Is they could really not be a I true think, playoff team, but they get in because yeah. everyone else is so bad. Yeah, I think realistically, like if we're looking at this from like a realistic approach, 2024 is the year that we can kind of target. You know, mm-hmm. um, but as you mentioned, yeah, I mean, it, it it makes sense if the other teams. It, it, we have to see what the other teams do. I mean, everything could change year by year. But it looks like the Cubs are going to – Like, I doubt in 2023 the Cubs have Chris Bryant. Oh, no. They probably won't have Rizzo, right? right? Baez is probably like the only guy that they'll lock up on that team, if, if I had to guess. So – If that. I mean, yeah. Could, yeah. And maybe – He rebounds maybe this year. That. That's a big chip that yeah. they can get some good prospects for. So, no, it, it's, a, it's an interesting question. Um yeah, so it could speed it up a little bit. It could it could speed it up a little bit. I mean, it's possible. It's like I could see, like you're saying, like yeah. I could see, you know, that year the Pirates make the playoffs more or less because the NL Central isn't as good. You know, they're a little bit above everyone. But then, like the following year, you're looking around and just saying, like, well, I don't know. Like, we really got to fight to even make it because it's like everyone yeah. else now has become good again, and it's going to be a battle where you know maybe the two best teams in NL come from the Central again, where it's the Cardinals and Pirates. Like it was before, right? Like the Pirates, I joked to someone, the Pirates going to win 97 games one year and, and get the second wild card. <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think if the um, the team to worry about, you know, for the immediate future is still the Cardinals. They're just – they're an incredibly well-run organization. They, yeah. they, they have enough talent in their minor leagues to, you know, to, to keep them afloat. Like they're, they don't have a terrible system. Um, They've got some get young guys who are like right on the brink with Libertor and uh, and Carlson. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like the Cardinals really won't have a quote unquote rebuild, right? I, maybe maybe there's just going to be more like a reload, but it looks like 2021 is just going to be down for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm with you, like the Cardinals, and I would say maybe the Brewer-ish because, like, they still have Yelich. You know, Yelich is a fantastic yeah. talent. You know, him himself could probably win the NL Central right now based on the teams mm-hmm. around. 
Um, but yeah, like the Reds, no. Cubs, no. Pirates, definitely not. So, and again, like the, the Cardinals and Brewers, not like they're great. It's not like they're good teams. It's you got to look at them, worry about them by like default right now. So yeah, the NL Central is gonna be terrible next year, just absolutely terrible. Uh, so yeah, can't wait for those games. <laughs> we should have the sixty game season this wow. upcoming year. Yeah, no, it's gonna be. It's I guess. I mean, who knows? Maybe we actually win some games because we play, we're playing the NL Central. That's not the goal, yeah, Jim. I, That's not the I, goal. I know it's. <laughs> I know it's not the goal, but like you look at this year, right? I don't think the Pirates' NL Central record was all that terrible. <laughs> it was when they played the AL Central; they got stomped. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually want to look this up. Like, what was what was our record against the NL Central? I want to say I agree with you because even to like. The bad teams, the AL Central, I don't feel like we won. Like the Tigers, didn't they pretty much beat us up? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we were – so the Pirates were 16-24 and 24 okay. against the NL Central. It's not good, but it's not so, – I mean, based on what the not record good. was. Not good, but they were 3-17 and 17 against the AL. <laughs> 16-24 and 24 against the NL. Three and seventeen against the AL. Wow, <laughs> that's so bad. That well, so now they bad. have Will Crow, so they're good. <laughs> they're good yeah, good Will job. Crow to the rescue. Pirates were two and ten against left-handed starting pitchers last year. Hmm. I don't know if that hmm. means anything or if we just you know we're terrible. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it was two and ten. Against lefties means no Polanco in the lineup. Yeah, you got to have Polanco in there. That's that's definitely what it was, Jim. <laughs> uh, well, that's I think that's all I got. Yeah, same here, same here. Um, don't hate on the Pirates system right now. Uh, I'll just say that, kind of reiterate as well as we're talking about the the Padres. They don't have the top premier talent, but. The pirate system is definitely getting deeper. It's definitely acquiring talent for sure. Um, yeah, we don't have like the cut in here yet. Like the stars aren't here yet, but it's deep. So hopefully that those will come. Um, I guess happy New Year's Eve, everybody. Jim, happy New Year's Eve. Happy getting 2020 happy, out the door here. Happy New Year's to everybody. Yes. And uh, let's go watch Iron Man. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> We're out of here. We'll see you all. This, actually, this is the last show of 2020 itself, too. So let's, yeah. I guess, there you go. See we'll you see, next year. We'll see you guys in 2021. Don't do that, Jim. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. <laughs> Bye-bye. Late, later. Later.